Hello, my name is Isaac Keith Martinez, and welcome to Isaac's Haunted Beard. Today we are going to talk about the film Jaws 3D from the year 1983. This episode was recorded and published in the summer. And like a lot of you, I enjoy watching Jaws movies in the summer. Jaws is one of my favorite traditions to revisit in the summer. And as you know, the right way to do that is to start by watching the original Jaws on the 4th of July. Now, I noticed on Twitter especially that a lot of people who also partake in this tradition tend to follow Jaws with a Jaws marathon. Now, there's no right way or wrong way to do this. However you choose to celebrate is, you know, is correct. If it works for you, hey, more power to you. I personally don't do it that way. I tend to uh, stretch out my visits to Amity Island by watching them usually one Jaws film a week. And I do that for a couple of reasons. Now, I have no proof of this because I've never personally done a Jaws marathon, but in my mind, I picture getting um, tired of Jaws movies before the marathon is over, and I would never want to do that to any of the movies. Like, it seems exciting. I mean, if I had the opportunity to go to a movie theater and buy a ticket to see a Jaws marathon, I would do so with great enthusiasm. And I'm sure if I was at a theater, that enthusiasm wouldn't wear off. But the idea of doing it at home feels like there's that possibility that I might get a little bored of, oh, we're we doing this again, another Jaws movie before the marathon was over. So in order to not have that happen to me, I stretch it out. I do one Jaws movie a week, every week for four weeks until we've watched all the Jaws movies. That way, each Jaws film has the opportunity to shine. And, you know, let's face it. Some Jaws movies are better than other Jaws movies. And I'd hate to have the lesser Jaws films not, you know, entertain me because in the same evening, I watched a superior Jaws film. And the movie we're going to talk about today is often regarded as one of the inferior Jaws films. But I am a fan. I'm not here to rag on Jaws 3. In fact, I'm here to celebrate Jaws 3. Um, if you don't like Jaws 3 um, and you're still listening to this podcast, I'm not going to try to change your mind. I'm just here to chit-chat about Jaws 3. And let's just start by acknowledging that I keep calling it Jaws 3 and not Jaws 3D. The film was originally released in the theaters in 1983 as Jaws 3D. And then when it was released on television and home video, the title was changed to Jaws 3. So I don't think there's really a wrong title 
to refer to it as. But there is a thing now called 3D televisions, and you can watch Jaws 3 in 3D at home. And unfortunately, I have never had the privilege of doing so. Who knows? Maybe one day I'll have the opportunity. I don't own a 3D TV. And I'm not really, um, it's not really on my list of things to do, you know, to go out and buy a 3D TV. I don't know how many 3D movies I want to see at home besides Jaws 3 and, you know, Friday the 13th Part 3. Two films that I unfortunately did not get to see in the theater, so I never got to see them in 3D. But I still love those movies. <laughs> so let's talk about Jaws 3. Um, I guess I guess I'm assuming you've seen the movie, and by assuming this, I'm going to be comfortable talking about it without the fear of ruining anything for you. So there may be spoilers. I don't really know what there is to spoil. I mean, yeah, no, there's definitely a spoiler. <laughs> I'm going to talk about it very freely. So let's just talk about Jaws 3. So just to remind you what the plot is, Jaws 3 is about a great white shark that is found in the waters of SeaWorld. It is captured with the intention of being the only great white shark in captivity in the world. The owner of the park rushes the process of making sure the shark is healthy and puts it on display in the park, where soon after it dies. Soon after that, the body of a park employee who had gone missing recently and was believed to be a victim of the recently captured shark is discovered. Upon examining the body, it is revealed that there is no way that shark could have killed him based on the bite radius on the wounds on the body. As it turns out, and here, I guess this would be the spoiler, right? But I mean, I'm convinced you all already know this because like me, not only have you seen Jaws 3, you probably saw it a handful of times in your lifetime so far. As it turns out, there is another shark loose in the park, the mother of the previous shark. And by the way, she is 35 feet long, making her, I do believe, the largest shark, the largest great white shark in the Jaws franchise. I got to double check those figures. I'm not certain. It's either this one or the shark from Jaws Revenge. I think it's this one. Even though they say that, you never really get a proper feeling of how big the shark is. You just hear them describe her as 35 feet long. You know what I was just thinking? Um, Jaws is regarded by fans as a 4th of July movie since that holiday is a part of the plot. An argument could be made that Jaws 3 could be possibly a good movie for Mother's Day. You know, Jaws 3 is, she's a, she's a mom, right? Maybe that's a way for horror fans to celebrate Mother's Day. 
Um, now, okay, this is regarded as a bad film. I mean, I'm aware of the reputation of Jaws 3, but <laughs> I'm going to ask you, is it really a bad film? Like, I mean, obviously, I mean, you probably already know where I stand on this, and that, that is I don't believe that this should, it's fair. I don't believe it's fair to call Jaws 3 a bad film. Jaws, the very first Jaws, is, to me, in my opinion, and from what I've noticed, an opinion that a lot of people share, a work of art, a film, a cinematic masterpiece. I, I don't think anyone considers Jaws 3 a masterpiece, um, <laughs> nor do I think anyone considers Jaws 3 art. I think that and, you know, can I kind of pause right there and just, like, touch upon that word art? Like, I'm not just throwing that word around like I'm just trying to be fancy with my words here. Like, I do think Jaws is art, and I think that Steven Spielberg, the director of Jaws, is an artist. And I think that was the point, was to tell a story that might otherwise be treated in the hands of another storyteller as, like, you know... uh <laughs> pulp fiction <laughs> uh, as art, you know, um, which is, I think is a brilliant idea. You know, take, take a movie that is usually considered just genre filmmaking and, and treat it like, uh, like something much more important than that. And this movie, Jaws 3, is a popcorn film. This is a movie that wasn't meant to be treated as seriously as the first film. This is a movie that was meant just to kind of get thrown in the theaters, capitalize off the Jaws brand name, and just entertain the masses. Even though the first Jaws did in fact entertain the masses, and for a while, that was the highest grossing film of all time. I bet when they made this one, they didn't think, oh, we're gonna, we're gonna maybe make the new, um, highest grossing film of all time, or, or we're going to win an Academy Award. Like, I don't think that was their goal. I think they just wanted to cash in on the Jaws name. Cause if they didn't, if that wasn't their intention, if they wanted to make something more important, I think they would have treated the project more seriously, you know? Um, <laughs> the movie isn't 3d i mean that's uh, 3d is fun but but 3d is not something that anyone associates with uh art <laughs> it's not something an auteur would do with their film usually it's something that is a gimmick and it's something that is done to um just kind of thrill the audience and like a unique, fun way that's going to impress them visually. You know, I don't need to say on the concept. And, and, and I do need to remind you, if you didn't already know this, that in 1983, although 3D movies was kind of going through this um, comeback, it wasn't like it was during the late 2000s and 2010s, where a lot of movies in the theaters were in 3D. So it was more, it was treated more gimmicky back then 
and it's it's typical for a film to spawn a franchise where they make a bunch of sequels and the sequels aren't films they're movies you know the concept of film versus movie right i'm not going to explain that to you because i know that you know um and there you know so you have things like jaws where i think everyone regards jaws as a film and then clearly sees that the sequels are movies but then you have stuff like i mean i don't know if you agree with me but this is just how i've always seen it like a nightmare on elm street I actually do think of A Nightmare on Elm Street as a horror film, and I think of the sequels as horror movies. So I think that's common for um, the first movie and a franchise to be created by a visionary film director. It becomes very popular. The movie studio that originally releases that film retains the rights to that movie, and then pumps out a bunch of sequels to cash in on the brand name and just hire directors for hire to make movies because they know the fans like that franchise and will pay to see it. And it ultimately doesn't really matter if the final product is any good because the end goal is just to get butts in seats, not to mention the additional money that can be made off of merchandising and at the time video rentals and then eventually these days of course sales and you know buying the movie for home libraries like blu-rays and dvds because even if it sucks right i mean there's a lot of us out there who collect a franchise and we will buy all the sequels just to be completists so it doesn't matter if it's any good or not um the jaws franchise in my opinion and I don't necessarily believe what I'm about to say in regards to the first film so much, but I kind of think this in general, um, the franchise, the sequels, I, I, I kind of think of them as like horror movies for kids. I mean, for starters, these aren't R rated horror films. These are all rated PG. So it was always the intention, at least from where the studio was concerned to make movies that entire families could go to i mean you could take your kids to an r-rated film but you, you don't always find parents who want to do that with a pg movie you knew from the start this was something that you didn't have to make that choice the choice was already made for you that you knew there was less violence less swearing less nudity less, less any of the things that make up an r-rated movie so these are horror films that you could take your kids to and it's pretty brilliant you know i mean kids love swimming <laughs> right so why wouldn't you want to make a movie that terrifies kids of doing something that they love so much so much so that the first jaws movie I heard a lot of people say this. This is just a thing. It's just a common fact that a lot of people, that Jaws ruined beaches for a lot of people. They don't want to go swimming because of Jaws, which makes me wonder, did Jaws 3 ruin water amusement parks for anyone? I don't know. Maybe. I'll tell you what ruined 
like, you know, I'm talking about like SeaWorld and stuff like that. I t- I'll tell you what ruined those kind of parks for me was seeing the 2013 documentary Blackfish. I'm not going to talk about that. Um, further proof that something like, well, in this case, we're specifically talking about Jaws 3, so we'll just keep it to that film, that Jaws 3 was, I think, probably made with kids in mind, was they, I specifically remember, they, they put out trading cards. Now, in this day and age, adult collecting is so common because there, there's so much nostalgia that Generation X and Millennials have for their childhood that you can market things for us to buy from all of our favorite movie franchises uh, that we're going to buy. Toys, trading cards, so on. At the time, in 1983, adult collectors wasn't so much a thing. If it was a product that was usually bought by kids, it was a product that was made for kids. It was intended for a kid audience. When I was a kid, I remember owning a few sets of the Jaws trading cards. My parents never took me to see Jaws, but I also remember not asking to see Jaws. I'm sure if they would have asked me, hey, you want to go see Jaws 3? I would have been like, yeah. Um, but I remember being in the store and coming to the bubblegum card section. I never collected sports cards because I was never a sports guy, but I always liked trading cards of pop culture stuff. And I remember going, ooh, mom, can you buy me this? And we, she did. And I remember that the thing about the cards where you got photos of scenes from the movie, but you also got at least one or two cards that were in 3D. So each pack came with a little miniature set of glasses. And I thought those were wonderful. And I remember um, a couple years ago, the local comic book shop (laughs) had a full set of Jaws 3D trading cards for sale. Somebody, I guess, had sold them to them and they were selling them. And it was so tempting. And I couldn't, for some reason, I just couldn't pull the trigger on it. And then one day I went in and it was gone. And I slightly regretted not getting them. But mm, you snooze, you lose. I feel like whoever bought it obviously wanted it more than me because I had to think about it and they didn't have to think about it, which is the difference between somebody who wants something and somebody who wants something really bad that they don't have to think about. And that person deserves it more. So I did not get my second chance of getting the Jaws 3D cards, but I remember thinking about it. I'd still kind of want it. I remember really, really, really wanting to see Jaws 3 when I was a kid. I remember when I was a kid, whenever I wanted to see a movie really badly, you could tell how obsessed I was by how often I drew pictures of a movie I've never even seen. I would look in the newspaper to see what movies were playing because back then they used to print the posters in the newspaper and then below each poster they'd write which theater or drive-in it was playing at and the times of the screenings. And I used to like to cut them out and sometimes tape them onto my wall. I also used to like to copy them. I liked to draw. So I used to draw the posters of the movies that I wanted to see and Jaws 3 was one of the movie posters that I used to like to draw over and over again. 
no one from the first two Jaws films are in this movie. When I say no one, I mean no actors. Not characters, but no actors. Roy Scheider, who is the lead in Jaws and Jaws 2, purposely made himself unavailable to avoid being in this movie by agreeing to be in the film Blue Thunder. You know, to this day, I haven't seen Blue Thunder. I want to, though. <laughs> Who this film does have is Dennis Quaid in the lead as Mike Brody. Now, Mike Brody, the character, is the son of Chief Brody from Jaws and Jaws 2. And Mike Brody's in Jaws and Jaws 2, but not played by Dennis Quaid. In fact, Mike Brody is in all four films, and so is uh, Sean Brody. They're brothers, but in each Jaws film, the Brody brothers are played by different actors. That kind of reminds me of the kids from the National Lampoon's Vacation movies. They're played by different actors in all four films. I always thought that was kind of funny. I wasn't sure if it was a joke, but I always kind of took it as a, as a running gag. Dennis Quaid has said that every single time you see him on screen in Jaws 3, he is high on cocaine. I did not know that. Did some snooping on the internet and found this information out. And I gotta be honest with you, not that I condone drug use in any single way, but I'm impressed because I bet there's a lot of people who can't function doing their job when they're in an altered state. But when you watch Jaws 3, you don't think, oh, what's wrong with Dennis Quaid? He seems off. He seems like he's doing a, as good a job as he needs to do for that movie. So the fact that he's high the whole time, uh, I'm impressed. This film has Louis Gossett Jr. as Calvin Bouchard, the owner of the park. And Dennis Quaid and Louis Gossett Jr. would reunite a few years later to make the film Enemy Mine, a science fiction movie where Louis Gossett Jr. plays an alien. Now that movie I have seen. I'd like to revisit it. I have not watched it in many years. This film has Leah Thompson as Kelly Ann Bukowski. She works at the park and is the love interest of Sean Brody. This is her feature film debut. This film also stars a dolphin named Capricorn, who, according to the internet, is still alive as of this year, this, this year being the podcast was published in the year 2022. So as of 2022, Capricorn the Dolphin is still alive and is 60 years old. I looked it up and dolphins can, or bottlenose dolphins can live uh, around, you know, 60 years old. He's living in a park called Discovery Cove in Orlando, Florida. When I found it out, I looked at Discovery Cove's website and I explored the website. I cannot find any information about Capricorn the Dolphin, but it makes sense. Like, why would they advertise on their website? We got the dolphin from Jaws 3. You want them? We got them. This film is directed by Joe Alves. This is the only film ever directed by Joe Alves. He's usually a production designer. He was a production designer for Jaws and Jaws 2. He was also a second unit director on Jaws 2. 
This movie was written by Richard Matheson and Carl Gottlieb. Richard Matheson is mostly known for having written the novel I Am Legend, which has been adapted into a film three separate occasions, and for having written a handful of popular episodes of the OG version of the TV show The Twilight Zone, which I'm a big fan of. Carl Gottlieb is the director of Caveman, which coincidentally also stars Dennis Quaid. Now, before they finally settled on the screenplay that was used, um, there was two specific ideas that were rejected for the Jaws 3 sequel. One was to abandon the thriller type approach to telling a story and making it a comedy. And it was going to be a spoof about wanting to make a Jaws sequel. And they were going to call that film Jaws 3 People Zero. And I'm of the group of people that thinks that's a horrible idea. I know there's people who go, oh, they should have done that. I'm like, really? No, they shouldn't. There was another concept floating around that the movie was going to be about a great white shark swimming upstream and getting trapped in a lake. And I'm happy they didn't do that one either because to me, that sounds like a plot of a sci-fi network movie. The next Jaws film to come out was in 1987, and that was, as you know, Jaws the Revenge. And I'd like to point out that Jaws the Revenge is not the fourth film in the storyline. It's not Jaws 4. It is an alternate timeline Jaws sequel to Jaws 2. It is another Jaws 3. Make sense? Being that this isn't a Jaws the Revenge podcast episode, and I don't want to spend any more time explaining that. Hopefully you get what I mean. Have you ever noticed that the font for Jaws 3 in the poster is different from the typical Jaws font used in Jaws, Jaws 2, and Jaws the Revenge? To me, this makes sense, because it's the only Jaws film that feels different from the rest, so why not have the font feel different from the rest? I mean, I understand that they were capitalizing on the concept of it being in 3D, so they want to make the logo look like it's flying out at you. But it is different from the rest. It's the only Jaws film that does not take place in Amity. I understand that most of Jaws Revenge doesn't take place in Amity, but it does start there in the beginning of the film. And it's the only Jaws film that does not have, like I mentioned, any actors from the previous films. So in a way, these things make it feel less like it's part of the Jaws universe and more of a standalone film. Honestly, you could have told this story without the Brodies. You could have told a story about a great white shark getting trapped in the waters of the theme park, and you didn't need the Brodies to tell that story. And I think you could have still slapped the word Jaws on the title, and I don't think anyone would have felt ripped off if the Brodies weren't in it. I think what Jaws guaranteed the audience is that at least you were going to get a movie about a great white shark who likes to chompa chompa chompa. Is this film tacky? I feel like it's 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 considered tacky, but I, I I don't think it's tacky. I think it's only tacky in that it's dated in a way that a lot of '80s movies are dated. But I don't think it's tacky in the way where like this this film doesn't seem like the kind of movie that Mystery Science Theater three thousand would you know make fun of and riff over. I mean, I'm sure they could because they're talented and they could probably riff over anything. 
but it doesn't seem like the usual movie that they would. And the 3D looks tacky in 2D, but I find that the story is easy to get sucked into. So, or at least maybe it's just because I want to be sucked into it. So I don't really like spend the whole movie going, this is tacky. But um, speaking of uh, 3D and 2D, I watched this movie on Blu-ray for the first time recently. And previous to that, I have, have it on DVD. And I do notice that the quality of the Blu-ray is not stunning. I went into it like, ooh, I'm finally get to see it on Blu-ray and it doesn't look that good. I read an article on Blu-ray.com that explained that if you watch the Blu-ray in 3D on a 3D television, it looks pretty darn good. But they even admitted that there's a noticeable drop in quality if you watch it in 2D. So what is left for me to do now that I've revisited Jaws 3? Well, that's to watch Jaws Revenge next week. Does that mean I'll do a podcast episode about it? Nah, I'm not going to, or at least not this year. I don't know, maybe one day. Um, although I will watch it to end my Jaws marathon this summer. Um, if I wanted to, I could wait until Christmas to watch it because Jaws 3 does take place, or at least the beginning of the movie, in December. So if I wanted to, I could consider Jaws Revenge a Christmas movie, which it is not. <laughs> but hey, Thank you for spending time with me as I chompa, chompa, chompa about Jaws 3. Until the next time we talk about movies, I want you to take care of yourself and each other. Aloha.